0: Hello friends,
1: welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today. We're back at it today. I was gone over the weekend for a long weekend. I actually took my kids on a cruise with some of their friends and our friends, my very awake friends, and had a good time. Went down to one of the private islands in the Bahamas, haven't been on a cruise in a while. So it was an interesting experience. They've definitely, I have to say, it was Royal Caribbean. They've definitely stepped up their cleanliness and taking care of the ship as far as when it comes to dinner and food and plates and cleaning and keeping everything really, really scrubbed down. I have to give them credit. They did a pretty good job with that. It was a uh, packed-out Cruise is very busy. So, but the kids had an absolute blast and we had a good time. Weather was great. They had fun. So it was nice to get away for a couple days and we're back at it today with a whole lot of other stuff that's going on as usual. And of course, be sure if you need anything to check out the product of the week, the total rest formula on sale right now for the last day on sale and vote for what you want to see when tomorrow is product of the week. Looks like the uh, joint rebuilding along with the superfood and the subling will be 12 and the DHEA. They're all neck and neck, so be sure to vote. we got a lot. This is a very popular setup, actually. Usually you have one product that swings pretty hard and goes much higher than others. This one is uh, pretty consistent, so be sure to vote for what you want to see win on the website at healthmasters.com. What's interesting? I was reading this now, so I'm trying to get caught up on stuff. I kind of stayed away from the news all weekends. I didn't have any service, anyways, and it was nice just kind of get away and detox for a while and turn my phone off for a couple of days. And one thing that I have seen now, and this is interesting, is I, I expected this to happen at some point. And California, I guess, is going to be the leader as far as in the older vehicle banning, so to speak. The state survey has been now sent out, and again, remember this is how they build data. They build data, they gather data, and they put algorithms together and projections on what they think people are going to be okay with and what people are going to go along with. And so this survey questioned classic car location and usage coupled with the proposal of zero emission zones in California and has put the classic car industry on edge with many fearing this woke climate change legislation could lead to a crackdown on classic cars. A survey was sent out to uh, owners of vehicles that were made pre-1978, obtained by the Daily Caller, the California Air Resource Board, asked classic car owners about their driving habits, their mileage, in which county they operate their vehicle in, how many miles did they put on these certain vehicles that are pre-78, how often they're just driven, and all this stuff that they really wanted to detail. The invasive survey is probing classic gas powered vehicle usages as essentially a new way to create zero emission zones in California which was actually drafted back in 2019 as they wanted to have an authority to local jurisdictions to create zero emission zones this is this is so far bizarre but we knew this was going to happen the CARB survey along with their past support of zero emission zones not to mention California's carbon neutrality by 2025 or why the numerous car classic car enthusiasts are starting to get worried they want to detail here they said owners of classic cars are sounding off in this section Essentially with this government spiel that they're putting out telling everyone essentially that they're going to have restrictions on where you can drive your classic cars and how many miles and they're going to want to essentially have these like audits on your classic car to know how many miles you're going to put on it every year. at certain areas that it's going to be available to drive and not drive. This has nothing to do with emissions. Let me clarify this right now. The small minute amount of of classic vehicles that are currently on the road and the amount that they're actually driven in most cases is so minimal, it's not even touching a tip of the iceberg when it comes to actual emissions that they're wanting to look at here. That's just a fact. I've been in the auto industry for years. I know lots of guys with classic cars. Most of the guys don't drive them very often. Dude, putting wear and tear. B, putting miles. C, wanting to do constant maintenance and upkeep on those vehicles. They take them to classic car shows on a weekend during the month, maybe drive them 10, 20, 30 miles, cruise around, do cruise, you know, cruise around areas, go to shows, go to kids' events. That's it. What this is about is this is about going in and preventing anybody from having a vehicle that they can actually drive freely that has zero contact with any type of electronics and monitoring. Once you start going into the 80s, especially into the 70s, you can have vehicles that are literally able to be fully hardened. EMPs won't touch them. You, they're completely off-grid vehicles. You actually build them correctly and do them the right way, you can drive them quite far, a lot of distances, especially with upgraded parts and stuff like that. And you can literally throw you know, 50-gallon fuel cell in the back, fuel it up it on a trailer if you want to tow it somewhere or drive it across country and as long as it's built correctly you're off the grid with that vehicle there's nothing anybody can do to stop you without physically actually stopping the vehicle no OnStar, no electronics no tesla no nothing and so what they're doing with this is is they're slowly starting to get the general populace used to the idea that you don't have a right to operate an older vehicle that you pay for in your name with your insurance on it because all in the name of carbon neutrality and zero emissions policies. We've already seen the research, and it's a complete total joke when it comes to actual the carbon footprint and what they're trying to do as far as monitoring and controlling everything. There's now the new, this is you'll love this, the new $4 billion Panasonic electric vehicle battery factory that's being produced in Kansas now to put this giant factory out there to produce all these batteries now they are now saying that the, the facility is going to require so much power the facility will need its own coal power plant to operate the facility to produce the batteries for the EV vehicles this is the level of stupidity that's constantly rolled out there and everybody's seen the numbers now We've seen the lithium strip mines. We've looked at the numbers on how much actual pollution allegedly it is to go through these mines to process these things with these giant machines, the giant, you know, cat pushers, and everything they're doing on a regular basis. And of course, they've shown now that an EV vehicle has to be driven up to about seventy thousand miles. To finally meet the same amount of emissions that, say, a small diesel Jetta would get with its extremely good fuel-efficient engine in it, 70,000 miles to meet the same amount of emissions at that point because the emissions are so great on the back end of electric vehicles. Now, I had somebody send me an email over the weekend, and they said that in some areas where he lives, they're seeing these Teslas everywhere now. And you may see that in certain areas because they've they've turned into now this virtual signaling. So it's a way for these really really stupid ignorant leftists that absolutely have nothing positive to bring to society. They basically buy these cars so they can come out and say, "Well, I'm doing my part. You, I'm better than you because I drive an EV vehicle, and it's a status symbol now because I'm such a good person by driving these vehicles around, even though the entire thing's a complete and total sham." You still have certain pockets of the United States that are getting very big with them. You know, we don't have really any around here in central Florida that much. You can go to Orlando, you see them driving around, and they're usually in the left lane doing 65 miles an hour, driving like a complete and total moron, and everybody's having to pass them and try not to get in accidents. You see that sometimes with that. That is what it is. And then, you know, there's one guy that I've seen around our town. He likes to drive around all day with his dog, and his dog hangs his head out the window. He's in a white one. I've seen him dozens of times, and he just drives around. And you know he's I guess he 's trying to show everybody that he 's driving and he 's not producing any pollution because he 's in his e v card he 's better than everybody and I usually just pass him in my duramax and then go on my way freely unmolested while he drives around and tries to prove that he 's doing something positive for society. I guess that 's what these people do, and that 's the mindset that they 're doing and The ironic part about it is. It has nothing to do with emissions, and that's why you're seeing all these things become more and more invasive in the auto industry while at the same time now they're literally starting to short the market with all these trucks and all these vehicles that are used to transport goods while they're telling you it's not going to be any better. Everything's getting more expensive while they're putting huge rebates on all the electric vehicles all across the board. That's one of the reasons why the Tesla vehicles have got such horrific resale value. Now, if you go and buy one of those things and a week, you know, a couple months later, you go to trade it back in, uh, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. If you in the auto industry at all, that's why I've told you guys, if you're buying a vehicle, do your own research, especially with these interest rates right now. If you're looking at financing something, make sure you're really making a true, educated decision on these because some of these vehicles are getting very very expensive now and the truth about it is the more they keep doing this and the more they keep rolling it out they're going to start subsidizing the ev vehicles as much as they can and also to another news that just continues to perpetuate the continual lie and narrative that they've told us over the last three years researchers Caitlin carrico and drew weisman have now won the nobel peace prize on monday for their work With Pfizer on the RNA technology that paved the way for the groundbreaking COVID-19 vaccine, the pair have been tipped as contributing to the unprecedented rate of vaccine development during one of the greatest threats to human health in modern times. I'm going to do my best not to vomit while I read this. I'm just being honest with you right now. This kind of propaganda is so nauseating to me. And what's crazy is, of course, you know, the Pfizer biotech that received billions of dollars via taxpayer money so they could roll this shot out allegedly quickly without any type of you know research or testing, which they showed us, and then claimed that they had just now had this groundbreaking technology. News flashed to everyone. DARPA developed this in 2012. This is not new technology. These guys did not come up with this random novel RNA therapy out of a three months and had it rolled out ready to go for the general population. This has been a concerted effort for well over a decade now currently in order to bring RNA gene therapy into the limelight of the general population so they could say, this is what you need to do to be protected even though they knew it was a giant lie. And we've seen the research, we've seen the deaths, we've seen the side effects, we've seen the VARES, we've seen all the miscarriages and everything that goes on the list from the shot And ironically enough, if you recall and do your own research, you will find that the FDA back in 2016 repeatedly declined RNA gene therapy vaccines from ever even being able to go to human trials because they said it was so dangerous. And the benefits did not outweigh the risk when they looked at the animal studies with the cats and the ferrets. You can look up your research on that and do your own research on it. And that was the FDA Not approving it for human trials. Yet suddenly COVID rolls out. It's a pandemic. And suddenly this stuff comes to light. Oh, we're developing this all new technology and it's going to save the world. This whole thing is complete and total theater. But I want to bring it up again to prove my point that they're going to push this narrative. With the RNA gene therapy shots and with the COVID injections and with Pfizer they're going to push this narrative and they're going to beat this dead horse as long as they possibly can in order to keep people constantly thinking that they actually did something great for humanity when in reality what they did was roll out probably the largest bioweapon that has ever been dispersed on an entire global population that we have ever witnessed in recorded history and yet they're telling us it saved everybody Always remember what they researched and they worked on for over a decade on this technology and what it was designed for, and realize everything we're being told about it is still a lie. What do you think, Dan?
0: I think you're absolutely right, Austin. I mean, the, 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 it's it's the, it's a DARPA creation, and, and basically it wasn't even DARPA. You, you got to remember, you had Lieberman and all the rest of these guys whose father had worked in you know in satellites and all kinds of space weapons and all kinds of stuff from Roswell. Uh, this is all off-world technology stuff. I mean, you know, lipid nanoparticles and, you know, encoded RNA messages inside of the cells and into the... This is, this is all so advanced. This It's a 1,000 years ahead of human beings. It's like, you know, this is Wilbur Wright versus, an, you know, an F-22, you know, Raptor. I mean, this, 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 this is no comparison here. And the same thing is true with all of the technology we have with the military. It's all retro-engineered out of Roswell. I mean, you can't go from Kitty Hawk... A little over 100 years ago, to what we have now, as far as you know, you know ships that are flying in outer space, all the crazy stuff that we have on the space force that Donald Trump put together. And of course, he was told to do all that. You can't go out and just go from Wilbur Wright to that in 100 years. It doesn't work that way, as far as from a thought process and computer process. And of course, the microchips were all retro also from Roswell. All of this stuff was given to us by the fallen angels to continue our demise, to continue to allow their control. And you're absolutely right about the antique cars. Also, they can be set up properly with Faraday cages, et cetera, et cetera, that they cannot be stopped you know, with the EMP. You know, just this past weekend, uh, you know, congressman got abducted in Washington, D.C. Well, he wasn't abducted. He was carjacked. But his wife apparently got out or his girlfriend or whatever, and they found the car like a couple miles away. I mean, it's not hard to find cars now. I mean they're all, they're all trackable. They've all been tracked The OnStar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and they all track you. I mean, have you ever been on with OnStar and you try to hang up and you can't hang up? And they're like, ah, what's wrong with these people? I can't even hang up. It's awful. And, and see, and this is, the, this, is, this is the issue we have. The other day I got stuck in a median. I, I actually it was in my pickup truck in my Silverado. And I got some wet stuff in a median. I was, well, I'm not going to tell you what I was doing. I probably shouldn't have been doing it. But the reality is I got stuck in the truck and OnStar sent the tow company to, to winch me out, basically, uh, you know, a pin showed me the exact geographical location where I was, you know, within minutes, I had this stuff set up to get for, for a tow truck to come, which me out of this, this soft grass I'd gotten into. And the problem about it is, is that, I mean, that's, that's how, 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 how should I say, how intrusive it is now, as far as tracking you, they dropped a pin to the tow company, to my exact geographical location, the coordinates. Think about that for a second. And that happens all of the time when you're being used by OnStar or any other groups. Last year I remember State Farm contacted me. They said, we're gonna give you a you know I think it was two or three dollar a month discount on your automobile insurance. But we're gonna go ahead and, and set up a tracker so we can track you and know exactly what you're doing and how fast you're going all of the time. And I said to the rep, that would be a very hard pass for me. That's not gonna happen. So if I pass somebody, and you know, that's a 70-mile-an-hour zone, and I ease up to 80 to get around somebody in you know, a six-lane superhighway, and suddenly you send me a little memo, you're exceeding the speed limit, you know, you know, you're driving in a reckless fashion, and I said, I don't need all that. And I said, plus, I don't want to be tracked in the event that there was an accident. Maybe I was going ten miles an hour or five miles an over two miles an hour over the speed limit. And suddenly now it's like, well, you know, you were at fault because you were, you know, you were driving at excessive speed. You were two miles an hour over. You think, well, they wouldn't do that. Wait, stop, stop. In Switzerland, uh, they have all they have speed cameras everywhere. And I remember one year we were driving through Switzerland. The speed limit was like sixty miles an hour through most of the country, and I was driving like sixty three miles an hour, sixty two miles an hour, not not paying attention to it. When I got back to the house within a month, I had like ten speeding tickets in Switzerland. It was over a thousand dollars. I kid you not, from cameras, and I was literally going like I think they said three kilometers over. You know, five kilometers over, four kilometers over, which is you know a little bit more than half of what that would be in miles per hour. So five would be like three miles per hour over. And here I'm getting tickets after tickets after tickets after tickets. Well, that's the problem because you got to convert it to Swiss francs. You got to mail checks converted to Swiss francs, and all the rest of this stuff. So they wouldn't take credit cards. All of this stuff is real. And they monitor you constantly. So the next time I drove through Switzerland, I drove like a mile an hour under the speed limit. I thought, what the heck? the odometer or the speedometer is wrong on this car, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to get more tickets. So they did. They programmed me. I have a friend of mine. His name is Nick. He lives over there. He says he knows where all of the cameras are. He always just slows down and speeds back up and slows down and speeds back up. And so they have like a little thing that you find online that marks where all the cameras are. So you can just be careful not get ticketed like that. But that's the kind of technology that we have, and that's old technology. That's old stuff. You know, space-based weapon systems. You know, microwave. You know, emitters in space. Star Wars, that Reagan built. Remember Fred Bell? He talked about that. You know, he was on Jesse Ventura's. You know, conspiracy theory. He was talking about space-based weapon systems. And before the show was even aired, Fred Bell was dead. You guys remember that? You can watch it online still if you'd like. And oh, by the way, we had several people now send me the link to the Spear of Destiny, and I have posted that on, on our news feed again. I, I think they found it on Daily Motion. So that's available again now for you guys to watch the entire episode of the Spear of Destiny, which is a very interesting watch. I think you'd really, really enjoy it. So you know, get a chance to go ahead and watch that. Also, Michael House sent me a really interesting email yesterday. And By the way, I am all caught up on my emails now, so if you guys are trying to contact me and you're frustrated because it's been a week since I contacted you back, I have caught up on all of those yesterday, so I'm going to go ahead and read you a, a quick comment. Quick thing from from Mike. He, this is really good. This is a new world order agenda and goals. And he said that he copied a lot of this from another site. And he was talking about the 1961 State Department document 7277. He says combine that directive with all the weaponry that is conveniently being sent to the Ukraine. Question mark. Add the border invasionary forces, collapse the economy, desperate citizens, and three letter agencies, false flags, and the stage is being set for civil conflicts to bring in the implementation of martial law. And guess who's coming to dinner with our armaments and equipment with the UN logo on them? And he goes, what do you think? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give you a couple of this, a couple of these things that he put it out. I can't post this because it's something he put together. And it's not something I can link back to. But here it says, part three ended with the year 1943, 1946, as follows. The teacher in world government by former editor of the NEA Journal, National Education Association, Joy Elmer Morgan, is published. He says, in the struggle to establish an adequate world government… The teacher can do much to prepare the hearts and minds of children for global understanding and cooperation at the very heart of all these agencies, which will assure the coming of the world government must stand the school, the teacher, and the organized professions. Remember? Cultural Marxism. This is Rothschild. This is all they did with the League of Nations They couldn't get through, what they did with the formation of the country of Israel with Palestine to rebuild the Third Temple, to take you know, taking over the world economies by all the central banks, all of this stuff, the same group. Because now he goes – out. He now he goes, the end, The New World Order conspiracy has been a complex history with high degree of believability and a broad support base. Its malicious elements give – this is – This, by the way, this is CTEC Publications. I'm going to start over again. as so a quote. The New World Order conspiracy theory has a complex history with a high degree of believability and a broad support base. Its malicious elements give its adherence the agency to threaten violence against any individual or group deemed complicit in the New World Order agenda. Not only that, the conspiracy theory acts as a gateway to further hate and violence, and has provided the foundation for more radical movements. If the new world order adjacent rhetoric is left unchecked on social media platforms, it can lead to further dehumanization, radicalization, and violence. Now, here's another one: November 21st, 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in a letter to Colonel Edward House, President Franklin Roosevelt writes. The real truth of the matter is you know and I know that a financial element is in the larger centers has owned the government since the days of Andrew Jackson, end quote. Now, he goes on to say Franklin Roosevelt did not die of natural causes, yet be replaced by Truman, and who basically is a 33-degree Mason, as was Stalin, as was Churchill, and Churchill was also a Mason. He said that President Harry Truman, the U.S. President Harry Truman, endorses the world government in a speech, it would be just easy for nations to get along in a republic of the world – as it is for us to get along in the Republic of the United States. October 24th, 1945, United Nations Charter. The United Nations Charter becomes effective. Also on October the 24th, Senator John Glenn, Democrat from Idaho, introduces state resolution 183 calling upon the US Senate to go on record as favoring creation of a world republic, including an international police force. Now, i have to see the actual quote from that one. February the 7th, 1950, the international financier and CFR member James Warburg tells the Senate Foreign Relations Subcommittee, we shall have a world government whether you do not or not you like it but by conquest or by consent. 1950, the Senate Foreign Relations Subcommittee introduced a Senate, Senate concurrent Resolution 66, which begins, whereas in order to achieve universal peace and justice, the present charter of the United Nations should be changed to provide a true world government constitution. 1952, the World Associatarian Association of Parliamentarians for the World Government says draws a map designed to illustrate how foreign troops would occupy and police the six regions, kind of like, sounds like Hunger Games, doesn't it? Into which the United States and Canada will be divided as part of the World Government plan. 1954, President Bernard starts the basically the you know the Bilderbergers. 1961, the State Department issues document 7277 entitled Freedom from War, the Program for a General and Complete Disarmament of a, in a Peaceful World. It details a three-stage plan to disarm all nations and to arm the United Nations, with a final stage in which no state would have a military power to challenge and progressively strengthen United Nations peace force. This is Hunger Games, guys. And, of course, in 1966, Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley, which is basically Bill Clinton's mentor at Georgetown University. He, he authors a volume entitled Tragedy and Hope, which he says – there does exist, it has existed for a, a generation, a generation network which operates to some extent in the way the radical right believes the communists act. In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with the communists or any other groups and frequently does. I know of operations of this network because I've studied it for 20 years and have been permitted to for two years in the early 60s to actually examine its papers and secret records. I have no aversion to it or most of its aims and have much of my life been close to it and to many of its instruments. I've objected both in the past and recently to a few of its policies, but in general, my chief difference of opinion is that it wishes to remain unknown, and I believe its role in history is significant enough to be known. You need to listen to that one again. 1970, Education and the Mass Media – promote world order. In thinking about a new world order for the decade of 1990, author Ian Baldwin Jr. asserts the World Order Fund has become a worldwide research and educational program that will introduce a new emerging discipline world order into educational curricula throughout the world. 1972, Chester Price, in a keynote address to the Association for Childhood Education International, Chester Price, professor of education and psychiatry in the Faculty of Medicine at Harvard University, proclaims Every child in America is entering school at the age of five is insane because he comes to school with certain allegiances towards our founding fathers, towards his parents, because you know, now he likes his parents, so the kid's insane, toward a belief in a supernatural being, God. And it's up to you, teachers, to make all of these sick children well by creating the international child of the future. Did you hear what I just said? Promoting transgenderism, getting rid of God, getting rid of parents training the children of the way they want them to think with the Luciferian New World Order. That's what they want. 1973, trilateral Commission was set up. And, you know, we got, we guys all know about the trilateral Commission. You do some research on that. In 1973, the world was divided into 10 kingdoms. The club of Rome, the U.S. UN cooperative issues a world report entitled the regionalization and adaptive mode of the global New World Order system. In July of 73, international banker and staunch member of the subversive council of foreign relations, David Rockefeller, a new organization called the Trilateral Commission in which the official aim is to harmonize the political, economic, social, and cultural relations between three major economic regions of the world, hence the name trilateral. He invites future President Jimmy Carter to become one of the founding members, and Brzezinski is the organization's first director. And this just goes on and on and on and on and on because all this stuff has been worked at and worked at and worked at and worked at now for you know 100 years. And remember, you know, in 1989, President W. Bush invites the Soviets to join the world order. You know, speaking to the graduating class of Texas A&M, you know, it just it's just it's just, you know, I think it was H. Bush who did all that stuff, you know, and then, you know, in September the 11th, 1990, President Bush calls the World Gulf War an opportunity for a new world order in an address of Congress entitled Towards a New World Order. Bush says the crisis of the Persian Gulf offers a rare opportunity to move toward a period of cooperation out of these troubled times. A new world order can emerge in which the nations of the world, east and west, north and south, can prosper and live in harmony. You know, in a U.N. address in 1990, Bush speaks of the collective strength of the world community expressed by the U.N. historic movement of the New World Order. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. And all of this stuff that's happened and we realize that the happening is around us as we speak is what they want. George Bush Sr. praises the New World Order. Praises the new world order, the State of the Union message, and what is at stake is more than one small country. I remember this, by the way. This speech it is a big idea—a new world order to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind based on shared principles in the rule of law, the illumination and of a thousand points of light. The winds of change are with us now, and this is Bethia. This is a quote by theophysist, Satanist Alice Bailey. Use that very same expression points of light describing the process of occult enlightenment. This all deals with the Kabbalah and the Luciferian elite. And this goes on and on and on all the way up to the current day. And now they're basically setting us up in a situation in which they've injected us all with mRNA shots. Now they've come in with the mRNA shots. They've been giving it to animals. So the, the food supply is going to be contaminated now with mRNA, whether you want to eat it or not, whether you want to starve or not, or whatever, unless you grow your own food, you're going to have to basically figure out another way to avoid this stuff and not put this poison into our bodies. And talking about poison, by the way, thimerosal is still used in flu vaccines. This is mercury. And i pointed this out years and years and years ago. The removal of mercury of all U.S. vaccine was recommended over two decades ago, yet the majority of flu vaccines vaccines still contain 25 micrograms of thimerosal, which is a neurotoxin which massively promotes problems associated with Alzheimer's disease and senile dementia in older people. And who gets targeted for flu shots every year? The people who are over the age of 60. They're doing it on purpose, guys. They don't want people over the age of 60 around and talking and being mentally acute because the people over the age of 60, even over the age of 50 in some type of cases, they're the ones that have seen what's going on with the new world order. They're awake in many, many cases, and they're educated, and they've watched the degradation of the United States of America to the point now that they don't want to have to be part of this anymore, and they're speaking out against it. So why not just turn out their lights? Yeah, why don't you give them enough mercury to turn off their lights? Because you've now convinced them that the medical establishment is their god, and they need to take their flu shots every day. You know, why don't you go ahead and target them with mRNA virus? You know, with this, this COVID virus and mRNA shots, so you can go ahead and eliminate a lot of the old people and clean out nursing homes because they're no longer producing units, and a lot of them are still awake and are still talking to their family and friends and talking about the horrible stuff that they've seen in the United States. Let's go ahead and make them go to sleep real quick so they can't say anything else. Let's make sure they get put on remdesivir. Guys, this is what they're doing. They don't want anybody over the age of 50 who's awake to be around talking to the younger generation. They want to have all of this poison put through the school systems, which they're doing with the transgender indoctrination and the surgeries and the chemical you know, castration and everything else that they're giving these young children. It'll tell the little five-year-old Timmy, well, you can be a girl if you want. Well, Timmy goes, well, my my sister wears really nice dresses. Well, you can wear those dresses too, Timmy. You can be a little girl. It doesn't make any difference. He believes you. He doesn't have an off switch. He's in a state of brainwave state. And because of that, Timmy may decide to go get a dress and decide he's a little girl now. This is all being done on purpose to promote the hemaphroditic Kabbalah agenda. Always remember that, guys. By the way, thank you for the last two days. We played reruns on Thursday – on Friday and on Monday – These are two of the best shows we've ever done, and I want to thank you for all of the feedback I've gotten on these two broadcasts. And if you didn't listen to Friday and Saturday or Sunday, Monday, yesterday's show, they're introductory primers into scalar weapons, introductory primers primers into the blood of Jesus and how it sanctifies you, introductory primers as far as what we can do as Christians and as patriots to stand against the new world order. And they're two must listen broadcasts. So they're right there in the archives now for the last two days. So when you get a chance, please listen to those two shows. Some of you may have heard of them before, but they've got so much information. We talk about scalar weapons. We talk about the space fence. We talk about you know, D Wave computers. We talk about the yin and yang of anti matter and how our anti matter tether holds us in this dimension. These are good shows. You're going to really, really enjoy them. What do you think, Austin, and what's your next broadcast? <laughs> your next story, by <laughs> <laughs> My
1: next broadcast coming up right now. <laughs> No, you, you're spot on with it, you know, we, and we've watched too, because the more research I keep doing, I've been trying to figure out, you know, how exactly, because I've heard all these different theories with 5G and with the RNA shots, and there's some stuff, oh, this is going to happen, you know, here on October 4th, they were talking tomorrow or something, and I'm like, okay, listen, I know there's a lot of, they do a lot of um, A lot of stuff as far as the alternative media that they use controlled opposition, they put out fake stuff out there, these fake conspiracy theories to try to discount what anybody says. They did this with QAnon, QAnon was one of the best, most effective psychops I've seen for the alternative media that I've ever witnessed in years. And What they did with that was incredible to the point when I mean that in 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 a sarcastically respectful way and the fact that I saw so many people. Get wrapped up in the QAnon lies to the point where even after everything happened with the stolen election, even after they gave the election to Biden and after the January 6th, you know, uh, know, where they were going in and talking about arresting people in the January 6th protest, people still that I knew were telling me, oh, you don't understand, Austin. It's, it's, it, there's a soft martial law right now. Trump's operated the government from Marilago and Biden's being indicted and he's basically going to Quintana Bay. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's q You got You got to trust the plan. And I said, do you not realize this is what's been repeated for the last two years now? Trust the plan. Trust the plan. And I said it was the most effective way to pacify the Patriots that I've ever watched. Because literally everybody said, oh, these cryptic messages that nobody knew where they were coming from, by the way. just Everything was just Q at the end of them. these weird cryptic messages and all these – Trump's really Q and he's playing 48-dimensional chess and everybody needs just trust the plan with Q and everything's going to work out. And I kept telling him, I said, no, it's not. You know, I've explained explaining before. I said one of the now you've got ATF coming in now and changing again, changing again, law arbitrarily without congressional approval by saying that now if you sell a firearm. And ATF deems that you are going to make any type of profit on it then it is now a felony without having an FFL dealer license, which is completely erroneous and illegal. They do not have the authority to do that. They do not have the legal precedent to start telling people if you sell a firearm – to another person, person-to-person transaction, which is completely legal in most states, California, other than like California, Illinois, and New York, and a few other you know idiot states like that, as far as that are just bad, bad, bad gun policy. The state of Florida, is perfectly fine. If I want to go sell five of my guns to my friend down the street, I can legally do so as long as he's not a convicted felon. There's there is no legal law. There is no precedent to say. Now, if I make $100 on each gun, now I'd have to have a dealer's license come commit a felony. There is no legal precedent to be able to do that. It's unconstitutional. Yet, ATF's now coming out with a new rule. Same thing they did with the braces. Same thing they tried to do with the unregistered, serial, unregistered lowers with 80% lowers. Same thing they did with the bumpfire stocks. What people don't realize is. Donald Trump had to write a written order to tell ATF to notify them that they needed to figure out how to ban bump fire stocks with any legal means they could do. He gave them. A open sheet, an open document saying, here, I am authorizing as the president of the United States, I'm authorizing BATF to come in and figure out how to ban bump fire stocks. Without congressional approval, you now unilaterally are going to be able to ban this. And he he gave them the document to do it, formal document. What did ATF do? They said, okay, it's fine. That's that's what we can do. We're really happy to do that. We love violating the constitutional law. We love shooting dogs and children. This is what we do at ATF. We're great at this. We got a bad ideas factory right out back. And they came in and they literally rewrote the definition of 1934 machine gun, rewrote it, rewrote it without Congress. That right there set the precedent for ATF to have carte blanche immunity with no oversight to come in and start changing. Adding laws, adding rules, adding mandates, doing anything they wanted without any type of congressional approval, without any type of executive branch interfering with them whatsoever. It gave them that open door. And so when I saw a lot of stuff happen with that, I realized that we were not being told the truth about a lot of this stuff. We were not basically being told what was really going on. And a lot of stuff we were being told with the whole, hey, it's a, uh, it's trust the plan. Everybody just needs to trust the plan. It was a complete and total lie. So, again, that's why it's so important to really do your research with a lot of this stuff and see what's going on because they're going to push, and they've continued to push. Like Dad just said, they're going to start pushing this flu COVID season every single year now. They're probably going to start pushing it twice a year now. They're going to start running it. As they've already said now, everybody needs to get their flu COVID shot, which they're rolling out now together. They're going to start – talking about bratting those together where you have this flu COVID booster – this like bivalent shot they're going to put together with all these different flu viruses and alleged COVID viruses, and they're going to roll them out. The thing about this is, none of this has to get approved. They just they have open open platforms now with Pfizer. I told you guys, Pfizer did ten mice, ten mice. They tested this new COVID shot on ten mice. That was it. Submitted it to the FDA. FDA said, sure, man. If you guys want to go above and beyond with ten mice, that's totally cool. Rubber stamp it, done. And this is what they're going to start doing now all the time. And what's crazy about this is you're going to see this. And I've repeatedly said this, and I'm bringing it up again. What they're doing today to the babies is the most dangerous thing we've ever witnessed in terms of health and safety, especially when it comes to the office of a licensed pediatric medical doctor. This is the scariest thing for a child that I've ever witnessed where you have children now that are being injected with RNA gene therapy, which we've already talked about before. And as the baby becomes more sick, they have to bring them into more office visits where the pediatrician can earn more money by billing their services and providing more medical products and drugs and providing more vaccines to continually Make them sicker. This is what they've done now. These pediatric doctors, quite frankly, like Dad said earlier, they're they're basically like they're they're priests. It's this health cult now. And they're essentially licensed by the state medical boards and they can do whatever they want. They walk in and say, Your child has to be injected. This is what we've deemed necessary. He needs seven injections. And the parents go, okay, this is what I've been trained. This is what I've been told. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to parents about that. And they go, oh, no, it's fine. This is what you have to do. Keeps them healthy. And I'm like, it keeps them healthy. That's why they're now discussing removing their adenoids and tonsils. And he already has tubes in his ears. And he's having all these reactions constantly on a regular basis, and autoimmune problems, and eczema, and rashes on a regular basis, and you know, and asthma now that he can't get rid of. Oh, that's just totally normal. This, this is just the new normal now that's supposed to be acceptable. yeah can you imagine if I wouldn't have been taken to the doctor and he wouldn't have got his vaccines yeah I can I can tell you it wouldn't have been worse than this just news flashed everybody and these well child checkups these wellness checkups are all about money making products I can tell you personally my children don't ever go to the doctor there's no need for them to go to the doctor there's no why do they need to go to a wellness checkup every three months every four months every six months if they're healthy and they're not having problems and they're growing super fast and they're super energetic and they're super strong mental acuity and they're excelling in school, why do I need to take them into the doctor every three months to get them to give them another shot or check them out? Well, it's not about a wellness checkout. You guys got to understand that. It's not about monitoring the child's well-being. It's about getting them into the office so they can pressure the parents for the next shot schedule so they can get their continual bonuses through Blue Cross Blue Shield. As documented very clearly now, when they have their 99% vaccination rate approval, their 100% vaccination rate with their pediatric children in the office. And it keeps them in a constant merry-go-round, a constant feedback loop of the child having to come in, get shots, get sick, go back, get shots, get sick, go back, get shots, get sick, and continue to put that child in the medical industrial complex. And here's what it also does. It now reinforces and trains that child psychologically for the rest of his life he is going to be essentially a ward of the state. He's going to constantly go into the medical complex, constantly go in, and his brain, his entire life now, is going to be conditioned and geared to constantly go to the doctor if he gets the sniffles, if his toe hurts, if his ear hurts, if his eye hurts, if his tooth hurts, anything that happens to him, he's automatically going to go to the doctor's office. That's why they do it. It's all about psychological conditioning, it's all about creating lifelong patients, and it's all about generating billions of dollars that's why I tell you guys we put kits on the website with the Ultimate multiple chewable and the kids of cod liver oil. Those two products are incredible. You want to add in the D three liquid or the D three soft gels, That's a really good one to add in there. It really keeps their immune system. And then we have the vitamin C powder, the vitamin C capsules.
0: We use. Vit- All right, we seem to lost. We're losing you, Austin. You're breaking up real bad. Can can, can you hear? Me? You break it up again. You're still there? All right. Go ahead and take over. I'm gonna figure out what's going on with my headset. All right. You know, you know, Austin's right about what's going on with the pediatricians and you know, Confessions of a Medical Heretic by Dr. Mendelson. I've mentioned that book dozens of times on the show over the years. It really is the quintessential book on what the the medical profession does and how they're treated like an orthodoxy, like a religion. And then he wrote another book, if he was a pediatrician, how to have a healthy child in spite of your doctor, in spite of your pediatrician. And of course he died at a very young age. No surprise of that. These are very healthy, very thin, very good shape. They found him dead, but you guys can do the research on that yourself. But the reality is, is that those two books are a must read primer for people that are about to have children. They have to have the opportunity to read those two books because if they don't, What's going to end up happening is you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have a child that's unbelievably sick. Now, the reason Austin's talking about this right now, and I'm not going to mention any names, is he has friends who have children that are unreal, unbelievably sick, who've been vaccinated, who've been part of the medical complex. And he went on this cruise with a bunch of his friends, with a bunch of their kids, so the kids could play in all the slides, et cetera, et cetera. And what's happened is these children now that are with Austin as far as with his family are very, very ill in some cases with all kinds of problems with eczema and rashes and ears and tubes and tonsillitis and tonsil surgery and all the rest. And it's because of their immune system. It's just shot because of all the poisons they've been injected with. Now, the sad part about this is the parents out there who are doing this don't mean to do this. They really aren't. They're just, they're just uneducated. They're ignorant when it comes to the reality of the world. That's the most vast majority of them. Now there are some, Oh gosh, forgive them, Lord. That are just stupid. Uh, you know, I, I've told them before. You know, and I, I've tried to help them before, and I've tried to get them involved before, and I've given them literature before. Before I told you the story of a pastor's son who had a baby, and the pastor came to me years ago and said, "Can you help my son? He's insisting on you know vaccinating the children with the seventy six shots." And I called the kid up, and I talked to him, and I sent him about 300 articles on the dangers of vaccinations, compulsory vaccinations. There's some Green Med, Green Med, Info, good, good website, a little new agey for me, but they've got some good medical articles, and there are good alternative health articles in there. And I sent him a link with all these vaccine articles linked. And then about a week later, you know, I called him up. I said, do you get a chance to read any of those? Well, I need more. No, he didn't. He hadn't read the ones I'd sent him. He's lying. He didn't need more. He hadn't read 300 articles. He's stupid. And he, he wasn't the brightest bulb on the box, but the reality was, I mean, he it's hard to believe people could be that stupid. And, of course, he wouldn't vaccinated the kid. And, and the sad part about it is, is that it wasn't him as much as it was his wife. Now, I'm going to stop for one second. I'm going to meddle for a second. Now, you guys listen to me. You know, the whole thing with vaccines, the whole thing with Christianity, the whole thing with going to church, the whole thing as far as your relationship with your wife and what you expect from one another – needs to be discussed in advance if you start dating somebody from the very beginning you know if they have pets you know you don't have pets or you've got allergies to pets you need to tell them that and say look you know i think cats are okay or i don't think cats are okay but the cat's not coming to my house if that's how you feel i think dogs are okay i think dogs are great but you know dogs not sleeping on the bed with us let you know that and all these different things have to be discussed in advance You say, well, these are just little tiny things. No, they're not. These things turn into giant albatrosses when a relationship develops and grows. And suddenly you say, I have a bad allergy to cats. The cat's not declawed. And don't give me – I don't want to hear about declawing cats. I know it's rough on the cat. I got that, okay? But you put a cat in a house with expensive furniture that's going to use everything as a scratch post, that furniture can get ruined. Okay, that's just number one. Number two is cats carry a disease. All cats carry this disease called toxoplasma or toxoplasmosis, which is a cat prey. It's a a parasite. This is the brain of humans. And that's why they warn pregnant women never to change cat litter. Period. You don't do that. So, you know, a woman before she gets pregnant needs to go on an ivermectin cycle to get rid of the toxoplasma larvae if she's had cats in her brain and in her body so she doesn't transmit it to the child with, during during the birth process and during the gestational process. Just thought I'd mention that too. So it's so important to realize that animals carry parasites. I mean, one of the best sellers we have on, on the website is our, is our parasite cleanse. Because if you're going to have animals and you're going to be around animals, don't get me wrong. We had an outside cat. She was a Burmese. Great cat. But one day she got into the house and took a big dump right on top of one of the beds. Just took a big dump. There wasn't, there wasn't a litter box in the house. She stuck in, and I, at that point in time, I took her to the humane society. I gave them a donation. They adopted her, or they took her. They had her put it with a new family within days. She was a great cat, but she took a dump. She used the bathroom. She defecated, whichever you feel is those not offensive to you, on the top of the on top of the on top of the bed. That was it. She's gone the same day. Finished, put, finished, over with. I wasn't gonna have that in my house. She was a barn cat. She caught mice. She's a good cat, but she's not coming to the house, not going to dump on the furniture. Same thing is with dogs. You know, Dogs will come in the house. They'll use the bathroom. you got parasites from all that. All of these different animals and farm animals, et cetera, can carry parasites. That's what they tell you when you go to a place like a petting zoo that you need to wash your hands with soap you know, before you leave. Make sure they're not transmitting some type of disease to you or parasite to you. Very important that you understand that. And I know a lot of people right now who have dogs that sleep on the bed with them. Don't get mad at me and don't fuss at me right now. Just listen to me. Those dogs don't use toilet paper. Cats don't use toilet paper. Most of the time, they'll use their tongue. Okay, they lick their rectum after they use the bathroom, and then they lick you, all right? Or they wipe their rectum on the floor. I've watched dogs do that because they've got parasites and they're itchy. What are you thinking having that in your house? Just mentioning that. So those types of things need to be brought up to you so you could go through a parasite cleanse now i realize some people carry dogs in their house for security i got that okay but you're not gonna have a cat in the house for security (laughs) it's not gonna happen but then if you're gonna have a security dog get you a dog a real dog you know bigger animal not some little tiny dog but the point is all of this People don't understand that when you're with animals, you're going to get parasites transmitted into you. Make sure you understand that and make sure you go on a, on a parasite cleanse on an ongoing basis. We probably got one of the best parasite cleanses on the market at the office. You can get that on our website. Really, really important. That I, and, I, and I know I, got, I, just, I just made about half of you guys really mad. But I'm just telling you. It just, it just is what it is. And, and when I was married to Sharon, we used to have these giant Alaska Malamutes. They were huge animals, and she wanted them in the house. And it was a mess trying to keep them clean, trying to be, it was just, it's a, it's a big mess. But we kept them. And then finally, one of them got mad at the other one. And they, the, the female actually caught the male coming through the dog door into the utility room and grabbed him by the throat and killed him on the spot, lapped up his blood. Oh yeah, I'm not joking. All of this stuff, Sharon was seven months pregnant with Austin. And I thought to myself, wow. So I had to, drag, I had to drag, drag this giant 170 pound carcass out and bury it in the backyard. And I thought to myself these are, were like dealing with a bunch of wolves here, and but it was just, and if they, if they ever saw a cat they'd kill it. They were just, they were just they were predators, but the, but the reality is so I've had them in my house, and then finally we realized that you know they would just make a mess out of everything, and we ended up having you know the last one we had adopted, and that's difficult to do because they're like kids after a certain point in time. To be very, very, very careful with animals and make sure you continually do parasite cleanses. You're going to have them in the house. That's really, really, really important. And I just want to share that with you guys. I'm not telling you to get rid of your animals. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you my preferences. I've had animals in the house. Okay, when I was a kid, we had cats. I'll never forget my grandfather. He you was know, from Germany. And uh, he basically uh, would feed the cats. And I remember we had, you know, and nobody ever bothered to tell me as a child that cats reproduced very, very quickly. And uh, I remember we had this one cat. It was a white cat. We, I affectionately called the cat Whitey, you know, the big name of an eight-year-old, I a cat. And I remember Grandpa would walk out, and these kittens would be everywhere. And I remember one day he was walking out with a can of cat food to feed the cats, and they started climbing his wool pants. They, were, they had their claws. They were going up his leg trying to get to the thing. And he's out there kicking off the cats. He's screaming and yelling in German. I, I don't really know the words he was saying because I do speak German, but I think he was cussing. I <laughs> just thought I'd mention that. And he's yelling and screaming and kicking. All I see are cats flying everywhere that are trying to climb on him. And, like, the next day I get home from school and the cats are gone. My mom had called up the animal control center basically uh, the day after that all occurred. <laughs> <laughs> and the cats were gone and I was heartbroken. Oh, these are my pets and my kittens and et cetera, et cetera. Hey, look, sometimes you got to take a choice as far as the kids because the kids can make these decisions. But by the way, this is another interesting medical gaslighting. Why are vaccine injured patients of silence? This is a really, really good article. It really is. It is one of the cruelest things about being Injured by a pharmaceutical is the degree to which the doctors will deny the idea that the injury happened, as acknowledging it requires them to accept the shortcomings of the medical model they invested their lives into. This denial is known as medical gaslighting and is often so powerful that friends and family members of the patient will adopt the reality asserted by those doctors and likewise gaslight the injured patient. I've lost count of how many times I've seen this tragedy transpire in my immediate circle, and one of my missions here has been to bring awareness to medical gaslighting, explain why this happens. I mentioned it all because I recently saw a story shared by Peary Corey on Twitter and realized it touched upon many of the reasons that I've invested myself into writing all of these symptoms from the COVID injuries. Now, gaslighting is from a movie that was done way back when, like in the 40s or the 50s, in which a man – and they were still using gaslights in their house. And I always like to bring this up. I'm, a lot of you know this because I looked it up, and it's from that movie, The Term. And this guy basically had this woman, and he went try to make her go crazy. And so he had these gas lights that you could turn up real bright in the house or you could turn them real low in the house, and every day he'd turn them down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until it got real dim in the house. He kept telling his wife, oh, no, they're turned up all the way. He gaslit her to make her think she was going nuts. That's what gaslighting is all about, to intentionally lie to somebody and try to make them believe the lie. You you have that happen. Somebody will say something to you in a dating situation, and you know what they said. And they'll come back a week later. Well, I never said that. You just misunderstood me. Well, no, I really understood what you said, and I understand why you're gaslighting me. Happens in marriages all the time. That's why it's so important to tell the truth all the time and be careful with what you say to people because, guys, a lot of times this stuff comes back on you. That's why if you don't want to put stuff in writing, don't put it in writing. Do, do, do audio instead. And here's what he goes on to say. He was This gentleman basically uh, he was a hiking buddy, and he said he developed myocarditis from his second mRNA shot listening to him describing being alone on the trail run and suddenly having chest pains and trouble breathing was horrifying. He was afraid he was going to die alone. He's a marathoner. He was a marathoner and highly active. He's in his mid thirties. The worst part, he's afraid to tell me or anyone in his friend group, his literal quote. I saw how Oz, his best friend, especially his fiance, a med school graduate in residency, who was super attached to the establishment COVID narrative. were talking about anti-vaxxers. And I felt like if I talked about it with any of them, I would have hurt my relationship with Oz. I also felt that Christian, my mutual friend of ours, would have judged me and stopped hanging out. So I kept it quiet. But, yeah, man, I'm still having a hard time with the, 14, with the 14ers, and, run, and my run times are way down because of the myocarditis. Wow. This, this is happening everywhere all over the place that people are having all kinds of chest pains and health problems because of this. And so you're getting medically gaslit to make you believe that the lie is real and it's not real. And, and, and this is why people don't want to – they want to pretend like they've got something else. Well, I ate some bad you know, hamburger. I ate some bad pizza. I ate something else. I've got gastric pain or I've got acid indigestion or whatever. And it could be some acid indigestion. It could be from a lack of proper digestion. It could be that too. But the reality is a lot of people have had severe damage from these mRNA shots and severe health problems. I've spoken to multiple people. They took the shot. They're dealing with depression issues. They're dealing with health issues. They're dealing with all kinds of issues that they never had before they took the shot. So the sad part is this: when are the people who took the shot going to realize what they've done and what they've done is wrong? You know, I used to eat pork all the time. I used to love pork. I used to drink a lot of coffee. And I finally, I came down with pericarditis when I was in my 20s, and I I got really ill. I was in bed for months, and finally I realized. That, you know, I'd had my teeth cleaned, bacteria got into my bloodstream, my blood was so contaminated with all this pork, et cetera, it was feeding the bacteria, and all the coffee was draining my adrenals, and I realized that I was causing myself problems, and I wasn't recovering properly because of my dietary choices. I stopped. I weaned myself off the coffee. I stopped eating pork. I stopped eating shellfish. I stopped all of this stuff because I realized that I couldn't keep making the same choices that I had made, which had continued this condition with me without without having the same results. And so now, you know, I, I, I don't eat that kind of stuff anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. Pork was my favorite meat. I loved it. The Bible says, don't you know that ye yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives within you? And if you destroy God's temple, he will destroy you. Quote how you want to quote us That's what it says. And so we got to realize that there's certain foods out there. And God's not going to zap you like with a medical, you know, with a lightning bolt. He's not going to do that. But he'll allow the course of the disease to, to manifest itself in your body if you continue to break his dietary restrictions. I'm letting you know that. Certain types of foods are going to massively increase the risk of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. And so we know if we serve the Most High God and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that at that point we need to serve him properly and understand who and what we are in the blood covenant with him. Listen to the last two days of shows. Austin, are you back with me if you got your mic fixed? Yes, I'm
1: back with you, bud. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, go go ahead and finish up, buddy. I'll listen to the rest of you. Gotcha,
1: bud. Sorry about that. I was had to do some updates on my iPad over here, which is not abnormal at all. But yes, he's he's dad's exactly right about this stuff. You know, what we're watching and what we're doing is something that everybody has to start getting actively involved in. And I've been very pleased over the few, you know, last few years now is so many people that have started to wake up and really start to stand back and say, Listen, we're not gonna do this anymore. You know, we're not gonna sit here and just idly go by. I've had so many parents now that we're actually pro-vaccine to the point where they actually argued with me about childhood vaccines. And now they've come to me and said, we're not doing any of them more. We're done. We're 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 not participating. And that's the biggest thing you have to understand. When you're dealing with a rigged game in the medical industry and you're dealing with rigged players that have rigged drugs and rigged vaccines, all of which are not designed to have any positive impact on you or your children whatsoever in most cases. Most cases, not all, but most cases, you got to decide whether or not you're going to participate. Are you going to sign that form in the pediatric office and sign off on the consent form for your child to be injected? Are you going to approve it? Are you going to ask your pediatrician, is death a listed side effect on any of these shots you're about to give them? That's a really blatantly clear question not a loaded question, it's just an honest question. Is death a listed side effect on any of these injections at all? If they say no, they're lying to you because I have seen the vaccine inserts on all of them, including the MMR. Whether or not they're going to tell you the truth, that's to be had. But walk in with an educated topic, an educated mindset if you're going to go see them and understand that you have a right to say no, you have a right to say yes, but are you going to play in the rig game or are you going to step out and do the natural approach and constantly do everything you can from a natural aspect as long as you can? That's your choice. That's your option. I encourage you to do that. I appreciate you all, my friends. Continue to get the truth out there on a daily basis. Be sure to check out the product of the week. I told you earlier, the Total Rest. Incredible formula. Helps promote a really calm, relaxed mindset, emotional state. Really can help out with Cortisol Buster as well. Both of those stacked together were really good synergistic. So be sure to check that out on the last day of the sale, healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. And we'll talk to you again
0: tomorrow as always. you <laughs>